Hi, I'm Ben. Hi, I'm Rob. We've been mates since we met at drama school in 2004. We're both actors, and for the last 10 years we've been working in all sorts of productions, from small fringe shows to big arena tours. We love the theatre, so we thought we would make a podcast to bring you a series of inspiring conversations with interesting people from the world of theatre. So this is our podcast. Welcome to Inside the West End. Inside the West End, with Ben Morris and Rob Copeland. Thank you for downloading episode 19 of Inside the West End. We are on Twitter. Follow us at Inside West End. We've got a page on Facebook, Inside the West End Podcast. And if you want to contact us, then email insidethewestend at gmail.com. Coming up in this episode, we chat to West End leading lady, Julie Atherton. After a string of lead roles in the West End, Julie rose to prominence playing Kate Monster in the original London cast of Avenue Q, becoming a household name pretty much overnight as the role perfectly showcased her stunningly unique voice and incredible comic timing. Her run in Avenue Q helped her develop a huge fan base and she subsequently recorded a number of her own albums, which she regularly performs here in concert. Now, she's about to reprise her role in the all-star cast of I Love You, You're Perfect, Now Change at the Arts Theatre. So we met up with her after her first day of rehearsals. Before we get to the chat again, thanks to those guys who've gone along to InsideTheWestEnd.com and clicked on the donate button. As you know, we make this podcast for free. In fact, it actually costs us money to make it. So all contributions, no matter how small, are greatly appreciated. Remember, UK listeners can also support us by doing your normal Amazon shop via the adverts for Amazon on our site, insidethewestend.com. Click on any of the ads. It will take you straight to Amazon. Your shopping will cost you exactly the same as normal, but Amazon will kindly give us a small kickback as a thank you. Anyway, enough of the parish notices. Here is our chat with Julie Atherton. This is Julie Atherton and you're listening to Inside. Okay, we are in a rehearsal studio, hence why it's very echoey. We're in a rehearsal studio above the Arts Theatre with Julie Atherton. You've just done your first day of rehearsals for I Love You, You're Perfect, Now Change. I have. How was it? It went... <laughs> it went. It happened. <laughs> it happened and we remembered some of the words. Because you've done it before. Um, yeah. <laughs> Apparently we had, there was a couple of scenes I looked at and thought... I've never seen these words before in my life. But, yeah, it went well. It did. Before we talk about your career, we're going to take you back through the sands of time oh. and ask you to tell us... Yeah, we could, if we had a sound effect, yeah. you could add one if you want. It'd be a Scooby-Doo thing, wouldn't it? Yeah, the boom-da-boom, um, Tell us about the young Julie Atherton. I have two sisters and one brother. Nobody in our family does performing arts, so I was kind of the first. And my mum did a bit of Amdram, um, but I was almost mute as a child, really. I was very, very painfully shy. Um, kind of mute till the age of 11. Didn't really say a lot at primary school. So when I was about 16 and I sang in front of lots of people at my college, my mum was just in shock. <laughs> okay, where did that come from? Um, and yeah, I just kind of went from there, really. My uh, sixth form teacher uh, my drama teacher Pete Hartley was amazing and he just brought a little bit of confidence out in me and 
I went from there, really. I was shit at everything else. <laughs> so It's in it. an academic sense, or li- uh, literally everything. Yeah, well, in an academic sense. I just, I didn't fit well with school. Right. School, to me, just is for a one kind of person. Um, it's not really for creatives. Uh, we get called dreamers and all sorts. And, uh, yeah, it... Yeah, it didn't, it, didn't, it didn't fit well with me. What did your parents do? Um, so, yeah, my mum's a nurse. Um, <laughs> Same as mine? Yeah, and she's Irish. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, it's from Tipperary. Oh, cool. Yeah. And, um, yeah, my dad died when I was very small, so... But he owned a newsagent. <laughs> but, yeah, it's all very... Uh, my mum was brought up in a pub in Ireland as well, so uh, hence I'm an alcoholic. I'm not a bit, I'm an uh, alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> and you have three siblings? Yes. Where do you fall? Are you... I'm the youngest. Okay. Yeah. The annoying youngest. And do they sing? I'm basically the favourite. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> do they sing? Are they performers? Or? No, they don't. My brother used to sing to me on his guitar to make me fall asleep, and it It did. <laughs> but yeah, he's he's quite he's got a cute voice. So he's... you you have a really outstanding voice. Okay, so wow, thank you. Well, you have. Um, when did you realise that? When did you realise that you had something that not everybody had? Um, I guess in well, actually, it was at primary school when like the popular girls who I never spoke to. Um, one day turned around and went, right, we're going to put on a, a pantomime because um, we'd just seen the pantomime like with the school trip and so everyone was playing pantomimes in the school and trying to make up routines and shows and, um, and they came up to me and went, we've decided we want you to sing um, White Christmas and I was like, um, okay, so why? And they were like, well, I've uh, stood next to you in choir and I've heard you saying you're all right. So I thought, and I remember going home that night going, well, maybe I'm not terrible, you know. So that's kind of how it started. And then I, I properly, I used, to, like, I used to be in my bedroom all the time going, yeah, yeah, I wanted to be a pop star like everybody does. But, what were you singing along to? Oh, uh, Whitney Houston, I guess, um, when I was that age. And uh, Dolly Parton. <laughs> John Denver. <laughs> I mean, it was my mum's record, so whatever. Yeah. I didn't expect you to say that at Did all. Did you not? No, that's cool. Oh, yeah, country music. And so were you, do, did, you, did you start studying? Sing, did you take sing lessons, drama lessons, any of that? No, I went to sixth form college and did study drama there. Um, and that was the only subject I ended up doing. Um, dropped everything else. Nearly got thrown out. And uh, failed that in the end because of the written work because I couldn't be bothered with it because I remember one question said, uh, so how did you... And it was an essay question. You know, you get like four sides of paper and you think, oh, God, okay. And it was how did you get from, you know, being a normal person to playing the part? You know, basically they just wanted your whole process. And I just wrote, instinct, next. (laughs) I had to flick four. So I think that's why I failed that because I find it very hard to talk through things when it just happens I don't know I just understand people and feelings I guess so how did you hear about Mountview somebody from Preston had got who I knew that was two years above me had gone to Mountview so I knew I was like oh I recognize that I basically sat in the library first time I ever sat in the library um, and got out a book on drama schools and thought right that that and I sent away for prospectuses 
on some random ones that I haven't even heard of since. Um, and one of them is Guildford, one of them is Mountview. Um, but I didn't really know anything because it was before social media and it was before you could ask people where they went. It, it was just, it's very much you had to, you had to just know really. And if you didn't know anybody in that field, then it was kind of impossible really. You just had to look at the name and go, yeah, that sounds good. I don't know. Um, and I remember going to Mountview and thought, right, I'm not going to any of the other auditions. I love this. And when I got in, I was like, yeah. <laughs> so tell us about that time there. What, you were there three years? Yes. How was that period? It was kind of the best and worst years of your life. You know, you're still growing up. I mean, I was from Preston. Come on. So we were like, it's all about being uh, clever to your teachers, a little bit mouthy. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's not really acceptable in a drama school. Rob and so I went to Mount as well. Ah, yes. So, like, we very much absolutely yeah. had yeah. Paul Savey, yeah. Yes. And so if anyone, uh, a lot of people who are listening want to have a clue who that is, can you explain Paul Sabe what was Paul Sabe? Paul de Force. I mean, he was Mount View, especially the musical theatre course. He ran the whole thing, and it was all, yeah. You wanted to impress Paul Sabe. I never really did. Um, really? Yeah, years later, he paid me a compliment on an album when I went, he won't know that, I went, went into the toilets and cried afterwards. I was like, oh, because it was one of those moments, it was the inner child came out and was like, mm. that's all I ever wanted was a compliment. <laughs> and it was nice. Did he ever put you on the spot and get you to sing scales? Yes. Yes. He Tell us that about everyone. that. Do you know what? It was so scary. It was horrible at the time, but I really do thank him for that because I think... It shows, if somebody's been taught by Paul Sabe at Mountview, you know them in a, uh, when you're learning the music for, the, for your first music hall. People are good at sight reading because they're scared into it. You have to be good at sight reading. And sight reading's difficult when you don't read music, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> but, you know, you see it goes up and down. And so I think, I think our, our sight reading's pretty shit heart, really, isn't it? <laughs> And how did, you find, how did you find the training in general uh, when you were there? Like stuff like movement and mime and all that oh, stuff that I, I look mean, back and go, what? what? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's so many things, but you have to explore every avenue because it's not just one formula, is it? The, the whole point in art is there's so many different studies. There's so many different ways you can do something, so many different ways you can think about one thing. Uh, it's not like dance, which is right or wrong. You know, you, you're doing it wrong. Like, but it's not like that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, some were, it's the usual with any study course, you know, some lessons are like, okay, this is my DOS lesson where I don't listen. Um, and some of them you really took on board, but that's different for different people. So, yeah, what's, you've got a variety of stuff. What's the most surreal memory of a random class at drama school? It's got to be movement with Ziggy Marsh. I loved it, though, but um, when we had to do animal studies and it was built up over a long period of time and we had to I remember being a lizard in the corner for ages um at one point I chose being a kitten because I'm obsessed with cats and you just had to be that for the whole day and then we had to go out to Safeway at the time it's Morrison's now but it was Safeway at the time and we went out on a school trip and had to be those characters and I had chosen to be a eight-year-old disabled boy <laughs> because it was the first person you saw when you came out and you had to do a character study on that person and that was the first person I saw I saw this eight-year-old disabled boy so but I really got into this character but that in Safeway is difficult yeah. 
yeah, really difficult and kind of kind of funny when you look back on it. But at the time, it's just really weird. I always think Woodgrain is such a strange place oh, for a drama school, but it's also such a brilliant place because yeah. anything goes. Anything yeah. goes. In Woodgrain. Yeah. It's just... No one's going to notice no. yeah. doing that because it's such a bizarre mix of people. It really is, yeah. yeah. You finish at Mountview and uh, you're auditioning for things. Talk to us about auditions. What's your approach to auditions? How's that changed over time? You hate them. You're, I hate you're them. mumbling, I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> Some auditions are great when... Uh, it's about just working when you go in the room and it's treated like a rehearsal, but some are so weird. It's like, here's seven scenes and seven songs and we'll give it you the night before. Go. And there's a weird thing over here that, you know, you should be off book and you should know them, which is very difficult when you're not born with a silver spoon in your mouth and you have to pay your rent. And so you're busy a lot of the time trying to pay your rent and you do so many... It is really tough, and nobody really talks about that. Everybody likes to talk about the, um, oh, how well they're doing. I'm doing so well. And it's like that whole thing on Facebook. My life's amazing. And nobody's is. You know, everybody's life is the same, really. We just, we struggle. We have ups and downs. But especially being an actor, actually, because everybody just thinks you're so privileged being an actor because you just get to go mess around and get paid for it and get a round of applause. But it's everything else that comes with it. It's trying to stay in work because you can get the best job of your life but the contract will always end and so you have to do the next thing and the next thing and you've got to be proactive all the time and sometimes that it just you know you t- I was telling my landlord the other day I was trying to arrange a meeting with my landlord and I said oh well, I've got I'm in the studio this day I'm doing this that day I'm doing this that he was like he went you do so many things in one week and I was like yeah really hit home then I was like yeah you do and it's great because it keeps you creatively inspired unless you're in a long running show and then you know, that's great for... Bit of stability. Yeah, stability, that's the word so, I was looking for. It's great for that, but creatively... Do you think you've got better with, with auditions over time? Uh, no, I don't think anybody ever does, really. It depends how they conduct the audition. Um, I think there's so many rules for us. Uh, I think, I'm sure you've seen plenty of those rules on Facebook, but I want to do a counter, a counter blog, which uh, I'm going to do one day when I'm brave enough to do it, but to say... Okay, guys, this is how you should behave, the people behind the desk, because guess what? We're nervous, and we have a pretty tough life, and it's it's really difficult to, you know, combat those nerves and come in and just work on something that... And a lot of the times, especially with musical theatre auditions, they do want to a full-on performance from you, and that's so hard to do when it's pre-rehearsals. Like, I don't know what you... I need to discuss this with you. I need to, I need a rehearsal with you. Like, what do you want? Mm. And, and we're all quite adaptable, so... But, you know, there's so many of us to choose from, I guess. Ah, well. Has it changed since you've become more prominent in the industry? Like, uh, when you did Avenue Q, you, you became very, very well-known. You're going into an audition. Julie Atherton's on the page. I know who's coming in the room. Yeah, I think, I think it has, actually, because if you... If I'm allowed to swear, if you fuck up when, you, you know, you're fresh out of drama school, you're like, oh, well, they're not going to remember me, and you're seen again. But when they know who you are and you come in the room and then you have a bad day, you sing a bum note, or you haven't quite sung the song into your voice yet, or, you know, you, sometimes you get feedback, you know, she's lost it. <laughs> you're kind of written off for a little bit you're like no just just had a bad day like the normal everyday person has <laughs> but I wouldn't do that on stage but I just know so it, yeah it is difficult um but it's it's difficult no matter what because great that I know the people so mm. I guess I could talk to them and say you know 
but yeah, it is, it is tough because you're constantly fighting a battle where you don't want to say anything back to somebody because, oh, you're answering back. You're answering. But then, I, for me, I get to the age where I just want to answer back and mm. go, no, yeah. <laughs> hello, I'm a human being. So if we, if we talk about that period of time when so this huge new show comes to London and you're playing essentially the female lead, Cake Monster in Avenue Q, uh, it really established you as a big, solid West End name. Were you aware of that at the time? No. Were you just absolutely getting on with the gig? Not, absolutely getting on with the gig, yeah. Yeah. So you didn't feel like things were starting to change? No, it's still... Well, not really. No, no, not really. It's always been the same because... Yeah, you get the auditions you get, really. I, I don't know. You wouldn't know any different. I in guess. interviews you've done, you've, you've, you've kind of answered, in, in line with Avenue Q, uh, you've answered that, you know, I was just happy to be working. I was just happy to have an, another gig or, yeah. or whatever. But surely there must have been part of you that thought, shit, man, it's the original London cast. Come on. When I got the gig, mm. yeah, of course. It's like, yes! Because, well, you know, whenever you get something big like that you're like yes I'm done for a year yeah a year of wages a year of wages it's really good but uh no I, I treat everything the same and I know that sounds like I'm being but it, it's true the work's the work mm. like it's the part more than the the prestige of the of the gig it's more the it's the part I want to play so you know some shows I get and it, it might be a massive show and I'll be like yeah yeah <laughs> oh well you sound very grounded and unfazed where do you yeah. think that comes from? Having an Irish mother, probably. But also, yeah, coming from Preston, you just don't talk yourself up, which is why I found auditions really hard in the first place, because, you know, when you have to talk about yourself and what's going on, um, you have to talk about yourself, and uh, that's kind of hard, because they basically want you to big yourself up, and mm. that's such a no-no where I'm from. How do you cope with the question, so what have you been up to recently? Ah. Oh. I find this difficult recently because I couldn't... I'd have to look at my diary week to week because it's so many different things I'm doing. But I've started directing recently and uh, I'm loving it and I'm about to be directing... I think I'm allowed to say it now. I'm about to be directing Girlfriends for their final show at Mountview. Oh, cool. And I'm really excited to get started and uh, it's, there's so much work to do. Because normally the question is, so what show are you doing next? And mm. I'm like, ah... Uh. I didn't know what to say. I don't know. Over to you. And I've recently I've just been staying quiet because I don't know how to say. Well, I'm I'm directing something. I don't know whether that's important. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They a lot say of the that time you are made to feel so unimportant if you are not in a West End show. It's hard, isn't it? Because they do say they just want to hear you chat so they can get a gauge whether you're someone who is amiable to work with. Yeah. But if you really feel like, well, I'm working in a in a a phone centre or I'm do- whatever yeah, you do yeah. it's very hard to. S- it is a panicky moment for a lot of people it's so panicky for yeah it is and it's that whole Facebook thing like I'm sure you know so many new mothers say and they're like oh everybody's life is amazing and I'm stuck at home like you know mm. and it's and then we're looking at their new baby going oh that's so amazing and I'm going out doing you know everybody it, the grass is always greener mm-hmm. isn't it and it's that whole everybody's trying to make themselves look great but we're all great and we're all just working hard and we're all doing I think just what sometimes this industry does lack from certain people just, just so we all know it's going on there's somebody wandering around our room um, 
So we, we're definitely doing what's quite obviously an interview for a podcast. Yep. Someone's just coming to the rehearsal route. <laughs> but no, none of us know. No. She's pottering out in the background. I think no, we'll just leave her go. In and out. She looks a bit like Maureen Lipman as well. I, when I she looked at her. She's coming in and out. Yeah. And like, it, it's like, this isn't happening. Yeah. Yeah. This is great. We've never had this before. Yeah. It's oh, a new dynamic on the podcast. I'm loving it. Hope you're enjoying the conversation. Stay with us and we'll be back to the chat in a moment. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast. We release a new episode every week and if you're subscribed, it'll just appear on your device ready for you to listen to. It's easy to subscribe. If you've got an iPhone, next to the logo of our show, you'll see a little settings wheel that looks a bit like a cog. Click on that. A few options down, it says subscribe. And the best part is it's completely free. Now back to our chat with Julie Atherton. Your career has been incredible in musical theatre and in, as a performer, but every performer has tough moments. What's been the hardest moment of your career? And have you ever been tempted to leave the industry? Yeah, uh, yeah. last year I absolutely wanted out. I was done. Yeah, sometimes it's just a, sp- a string of either bad auditions or bad directors or just... For me, it was just not wanting to feed into the part of the industry that I don't enjoy which is the egotistical side of it and the guys what are you doing now I don't know it's I I love the work I just want to work I just want to enjoy the work and get on with it and I've discovered recently I think it's because I, I like to be in control of what's going on which is why directing has just been such a joy but I love the fact I can do both because I was thinking well if I want to be a director then I've got to do that, and I've got to give up everything. So I had a bit of a, well, shit, I've got to, I've got to give up everything. I don't know what I'm going to do, and that has been my life. And then I thought, hang on a minute. There's only me putting limitations on myself. Of course I don't have to. I'm a woman. <laughs> I can multitask. Mm. <laughs> and, you know, I can be a, an actor and a director and a writer, which I've started to do with my friend Stevie Webb. Um, and so... Yeah, I'm just going to take a new direction. And I think a lot of the times we learn from drama school that this is the way it is, this is how you have to behave, this is what you've got to do in an audition, and you've got to follow all these rules. And then I just thought to myself, art isn't rules. The whole point of art is we break the rules. Like, why, why are we sticking to this formula and just letting the people that have established themselves as producers establish themselves? Why are we doing that? Just, it's art. Let's create. Let's, let's do something different. And I think I'm in a bit of a transition at the moment, and I'm trying to change the world a bit. <laughs> Has, being in a transition, it's an interesting time to ask this question that mm. I'm going to ask. We ask this to everyone who we interview. Okay. And you can take so it I'm however you special. want. Wow. You're, you are very special, <laughs> but no, we, yeah, you're not the first we've asked this to. Um, is show business a game you need to learn how to play? Um, I think some can play the game and just get by on that. And yes, I think I think you have to know when to shut up, which I've hopefully learnt sometimes now. Maybe don't say everything you're thinking. <laughs> sometimes it gets you in trouble. Or it gets a laugh, either way. Sometimes it doesn't get a laugh though. Uh but yeah, I think I think there is a game for certain people you have to play, but the people who are in it for the work, I don't think there is any game playing. I think it's just getting on with it and just people loving good theatre yeah. and 
it's when when you said that you know you just want to work you just love the work but we found that time and again yes we all want to work but there is that element of that that's something else that you also have to do you know which is which is great that you're kind of you appear to be taking control now and saying well actually i'm not going to play the game so much anymore i'm going to create my own yeah in directing whatever else you also uh, mentioned back there i'm a woman i can multitask i can do this do you find it's any more difficult for you being a woman in the industry yeah yeah definitely um especially uh loving comedy it tends to be, you know, the girl role. And sometimes I'll read a script and I won't go for the audition because I'll, I'll look at it and just go, I, this is everything I stand against. And maybe when I was younger, I would have gone, okay, I'll do that. I'll play the mother who's looking for her children all the time. There's more to it and it, it does need to be addressed. And it, it is being addressed, which is amazing, but still not quite there. And it, even recently, I went to hear it, somebody's told us to do a photo shoot and they're like so if you just come on looking beautiful and then the boy will be the funny one you just think that's everything I'm not about like I'm definitely not the beautiful one like let's flip that on its side and that'll be funnier um but yeah I think women do get this whole you you have to look a certain way you have to behave a certain way whereas men do get away And, and that's in every walk of life that's not just in this industry uh and we're still, we're still fighting that. There's a big hangover. You seem to have a natural kind of... I don't want to say rebellious, but... Y- I'm definitely a rebel. Okay. I love it. Yeah. Well, so with that in mind, with being a woman in the industry and regularly getting breakdowns for things where you go, this is, this is how they've worded what I should wear or how they've worded the, the breakdown of the character, it's, it's not how you would get it if you were a man. Mm. Do you find an, a want to fight against it? Absolutely. But rather than getting angry about it I'll just I won't do it but I'll store it and I'll use it (laughs) and uh, I'm quite looking forward to getting more breakdowns like that just so I can put it into something (laughs) I love you perfect now change thank you (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even see that coming how didn't I Um, anyone who's not seen the show before it's a brilliant show who's in it what's it about so it's me Simon Lipkin Gina Beck and Samuel Holmes being utter idiots on stage and being allowed to be that and it's been so much fun working with them this is why we were like jumping at the chance to do it again because it was so short-lived at the time and they just reminded me before it was three weeks we did it it felt like two days it felt like nothing and it was so sad when it was over because it's just one of those moments where it is pretty much one of my dream jobs without knowing at the time but once first day of rehearsals are done it's like this is going to be brilliant because we're all so up for it and there's no no in the room it's just yeah we'll go with it see what happens and we'll take things as far as possible (laughs) you should have heard today I mean I can't repeat some of the things that (laughs) that we did but it gets it gets very wrong at times and uh, we just see how far we can push things and it's so much fun working with them and we don't know what each other are going to do sometimes but we'll all go with it yeah so we're allowed to be brave sometimes you're not allowed to be so brave because uh, you know somebody might okay they they need the line delivered the same every time and mm. you know you don't want to throw them or anything but none of us are kind of we, we quite enjoy getting thrown and uh yeah it's just uh it's very funny i mean you know there's some bits we found out are quite dated but i think when You've got four minds that think like ours. And Kirk, who's fantastic, the director. Um, yeah, it gets very naughty. Fab. It sounds fun. It's naughty. It sounds a lot of fun. <laughs> um, we also ask everyone 
Uh, what is the one Stop piece of advice? <laughs> <laughs> what is the one piece of advice that you would give to somebody who wants to work inside the West End? Don't do it. Um, I would say just remember why you want to do it and never forget that and never let anybody dampen your spirit because you will get told some horrendous things as, as not meaning to be a complete feminist but especially as a woman you'll get told some quite hurtful things not just as a woman but some some of the feedback you get is quite harsh sometimes and it can break you but if you have that inner determination just don't get, let anybody break your spirit if you know you can do it but if you're not cut out for that don't do it because there's a lot of hard times and there's obviously some amazing times but you know you, you've got to you've got to know that you can hang in there that's great <laughs> Julie Atherton thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us no problem and good luck with I love you you're perfect no change Oh, thanks thanks so much to Julie for taking the time to stay back after a full day of rehearsals and chat with us as we mentioned earlier Julie will be appearing in I love you you're perfect now change at the Arts Theatre in Leicester Square at 4pm and 7.30pm on August the 15th, 2016. There are only two performances in total, so make sure you visit artstheaterwestend.co.uk to get your tickets booked for that. We'd love you to get in contact with us. We're on Twitter, at Inside West End. We would also love you to keep sharing our episodes online or by word of mouth. Both go a really long way, so keep it going. We make this podcast for free. If you've enjoyed it and you want to help us make future episodes, then here's how you can. Next time you shop online with Amazon, visit insidethewestend.com first. Click on any of the Amazon adverts on our site. It will take you straight to Amazon. Your shopping will cost you exactly the same as normal, but Amazon will give us a small kickback as a thank you. Also on insidethewestend.com, you'll see a donate button. If you'd like to make a direct contribution, then click on the button and follow the link. That's all for this week. Keep an eye on Twitter at Inside West End to see who's our guest on next week's show. Thanks for listening.